<laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. My co-host, Water, man. I didn't get Water as proper due on the last episode. We changing that today, man. Water, drink it, love it, cherish it, hold it, embrace it, drink it on a daily basis, a lot of it. Keep drinking the water. Let the water be the integral part of your existence. Okay? This should be this should be first and foremost. Above all. Above all else. Without this, we don't have anything else you stressing about doesn't exist. The job that's stressing you out doesn't exist. The significant other that's stressing you out doesn't exist. Your kids. Whatever brings you stress, whatever brings you joy and love, none of it exists without this. Water, H2O, the molecules, hydrogen and oxygen together, making this beautiful duet of magic that allow us to exist, to even be here, to even say words, listen to music, drive, walk. Run, sleep, wake up, eat, smash. All of it is due to this right here. How many things can you say that? Wait, did I um, say right? Besides, uh, besides air, besides air, you can't really do. Yeah, I was gonna say air. air is on the same level as water, really. Yeah, air. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Air and air is where? <laughs> in this. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Oxygen is in that. There aren't too many things you can say that are that vital to everything that's going on. Everything. It's crazy, right? Water is that crucial? A simple liquid that we take for granted day after day. Is that why we take it for granted? Because it's so present? Like air, you're gonna notice if you you know, you got the you got the air, you know, deficit. You're gonna notice that because you you probably gonna die soon. But water, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't feel that vital to you, but it is. It is vital. We need it. We have to have it. Drink it. Take it. Um, Betty White passed. Sidney Poitier passed. And Bob Saget passed. Now, Betty White was 99, close to that hunter. Close to that hunter. Sidney Portier was 94. Bob Saget was like 65. Um, so I'm, I'm going to touch on them real quick, real quick. Now, Betty White, my intro to Betty White was the Mary Tyler Moore show. My mom was a fan of Mary Tyler Moore show, so I used to watch it. And I don't even think it clicked to me that the Betty White that was in the Mary Tyler Moore show was also, you know, Rose on the Golden Girls because my mom watched the Golden Girls as well. And I would watch... I would watch what my mom watched, pretty much. Like, uh, you know, I had my own little favorites, but, you know, Golden Girls. She had this little Saturday night, I think it was Saturday night on NBC, little lineup that she liked, Empty Nest, Golden Girls. Um, and Golden Girls was just mad funny to me, man. It was like, yo, this show is funny. The jokes were rapid fire, the insults, they were mean to each other. It was just crazy, but it was dope how they wrote it. The, the actresses killed it. Rue McClanahan, uh, B. Arthur, Estelle Getty, Betty White. Perfectly cast. Uh, just a dope show. And, hey, if you're in the younger generation and you're a guy, don't sleep on these old, funny white women, man. They bringing the heat. And they bringing some edge. So don't, don't, don't just see, oh, man, they old white women. I can't connect. Nah, man. Give them a shot. My favorite Golden Girl, the funniest one to me, they're all hilarious. I like them all. But the funniest one to me was probably uh, Dorothy. It was just something about Dorothy's delivery because Dorothy was the, the deadpan delivery of the crew. Like, you know, Rose, she was the dimwit. She was like, you know, <laughs> light upstairs, but so adorably so. But then she would hit you with some hard hitting, but she was like, you know, lightheaded. Then you had uh, Blanche, who was the the uh, the fast one in the crew. You know, she was out here with many lovers, if you will, flamboyant. 
and then you had Sophia, who was uh, Rose's mom. And she was rapid fire. She's no nonsense, quick with it. And then, but but uh, not Rose's mom. She was uh, Dorothy's mom. Now, Dorothy, though, Dorothy was the, the serious face, no nonsense. Uh, B. Arthur just played the role perfectly, especially when you hear about how she was in real life. It was just like, yo, B. Arthur is killing this role. And I was a fan of her from Maud, which uh, Maud was a show that starred B. Arthur, which was the predecessor of Good Times. Because Esther Roll was actually in Maud. She plays the same character, and that bled in the good times. Uh, but Betty White, though. Betty White has been around here. She had a, she had a resurgence um, to where she became dope to the younger generation. So she was old, man. She was still working. And I really believe, and I say this all the time, keep doing what you love to do and keep working. You got to keep working, man. I feel like keep. I feel like I'm not talking about a stressful job that's killing you. You know what I'm saying? Some jobs you need to quit. Um, <laughs> but really doing what you love to do and doing what you enjoy. And even if even if you like your job, you just enjoy working. Do it. Because I, I really feel like there's something connected to long life and just consistently working. Like, you know, you see it all the time. People, when they retire, as soon as they retire, they start they start aging faster. They're getting sicker. And it's just like, man, they should have never stopped. Shout out to Clint Eastwood. He in his 90s, man. Don't stop. Don't stop. Now, Sidney Poitier, he, uh, he hasn't done a film in a while. I think his last film, film was The Jackal. I think that came out like 97, 97, 98. It starred Richard Gere, Bruce Willis. Jack Black was in their movie. Um, and I think that was Sidney Poitier's last uh, like major film role. I've, I've been a fan of Sidney for a long time, since I was a kid. I think my, my intro to him was To Serve With Love. And um, I really like a piece of the action. And then I saw this movie called uh, Shoot to Kill with him and Tom Berenger. And so when my mom was like, Yo, Sidney Poitier has been around for a long time. That's what made me like mindful of how old he was even then in the 80s. He was already older. And so I was like, wow, he's that old? So I, what my mom was telling me about the, the people that she grew up watching and was a fan of, and she would tell me their age, I was like, I was really thinking, man, they were like Lena Horne at the time, Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte, they have been around. And so I was always like, yo, man, they still out here. And so I was always thinking about Sidney Poitier because I was like, man, I don't want him to die. But I knew, you know, he was getting up there in age. So I was just like, man, I don't want to hear the day when, and then here come the raggedy-ass day where Sidney Poitier passed away. And I heard uh, he might have been suffering from dementia as he got older, as he got on in years. But um, just a dope actor, dope trailblazer, uh, especially, you know, in the movie field. Him winning an Oscar was huge. I know a lot of people be like, why do you care about the Oscars? Why do they not for us? It still matters, man. Um, you know, if you're if you're in the lifestyle of movies and acting, the Oscars are a big deal. They can change an actor's life. If a, if an actor that you enjoy is nominated or wins an Oscar, chances are you're gonna see them more often because you know an Oscar is a big deal. So I hate it when people try to downplay, you know, those type of awards. Yeah, ultimately, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it means something. And stop trying to diminish every goddamn thing just because you're not into it or just because you feel like, you know, there's something different out there. You know, people always be like, why y'all even care about them acknowledging black actors? Because it matters in the field. It does, man. So, you know. And then we got Bob Saget, man. Bob Saget. Danny Tanner, my intro to Bob Saget, which was the intro for a lot of people, was Full House. That was my intro to Bob Saget. And, and, and for a while, for like a good two seasons, Full House was my favorite show on television. Like, I remember when it first came on, I was watching that every Friday in my Aunt Katie's house. I was tuned in. I was like, yo, Full House is that shit. 
then shortly after that, you know, they added Family Matters. And I was like, oh, Family Matters is that shit. So, but it was Full House kicked off TGIF. You know, the whole family, the way they had it set up. You had Danny Tanner, his boy, Uncle Jesse, his, his best friend Joey. You know what I mean? And these cats raising these girls. It was an interesting dynamic of, uh, of a TV show. And Bob Saget, Danny Tanner, was the lovable, nice, soft guy. And then he was hosting America's Funniest Home Video. So it was like, yo, Bob Saget is out here killing the game. America's Funniest Home Videos was killing in the ratings. It was just like, yo, Bob Saget is that dude killing it. Had no idea his comedy was so blue, so raunchy, so edgy based on Danny Tanner. So let's talk about, you know, and, you know, it's hard because Danny Tanner, Full House was such a smash. And then the way he hosted America's Funniest Home Videos, I'm sure he worried about getting pigeonholed and like putting a box that he couldn't get out of. And so I'm sure that was tough on him because that was so far those personas were so far removed from who he was on stage as a comedian. Um, I never got the opportunity to meet him. I've heard nothing but good things about him. He was recently on Talib Kweli's podcast, The People's Party, and it seemed like a super dope interview. And I remember Bob Saget on Entourage and stuff like that. And I remember his uh, unforgettable things that he would do for crack on Half-Baked. Um and I think Bob Saget, if I'm not mistaken, I think he directed Dirty Work. Did he direct Dirty Work with Norm McDonald? I could be making that up. But uh, he, did. he did. He directed Dirty Work. I don't know if you know about Dirty Work with Norm McDonald, but it's a little, it's a little slept on gym that didn't make a lot of money at the box office, but it was pretty funny. So shout out to Bob Saget. Um, and he died, he had just performed in Florida. And he they found him dead in his hotel room. I don't know what the cause of death is yet, but he was just performing. He had just posted about the show the night before. And then, boom, gone. So, man, death comes in threes. Death comes in thousands. Thousands. We got Sabrina. Producer yeah. extraordinaire up in this thing. We got Cam on the ones and twos. What up, what up? We in this thing, man. I just had to address the losses we just took in entertainment. Um, Hulk Hogan believes Betty White and Sidney Portier died from the vaccine despite them being old as fuck. <laughs> That's how I wrote it. Sorry. <laughs> so, so Hulk Hogan thinks the vaccine may have killed them. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people be dying. I'm gonna just say that. I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many. There's so many ways you can die in life. There's so many ways you can be. You can get your ticket punched. We are fragile human beings. The wrong mix of what's going on internally and you out of here. I've seen. I've you know I've lived through you know. As you know, you know, horrible tragedies from car accidents. And, you know, I've known people that have committed suicide, that have been murdered, that have been, you know, Nick Carthan just, you know, had a heart attack, you know. So it's just like at a young age. So it's just like, dang, man, you just never know how you're going to check out. And when you're old, now you multiply those those ways you can die by 17 harm. Because when you're old, your body is looking for a reason to check out. Your body's like, yo, how can we get out of here? No, they still they still doing their thing. Man, I'm ready to go. And so your body is like, one false move, and we out of here. So when you're in your 90, 99 and 94, your body is looking for anything to take you out. Maybe it was the vaccine. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was that, that shock to your body. Because when you get the vaccine, I'm vaccinated. I felt the effects as soon as I got it. Sore arm immediately. I felt like I played football. And then I I was down for the count for a couple of days. So, you know, there are instant effects. You know, some people have less, some people have more. You just never know how your body's going to react. And that's the thing, man. Everybody's body is different. 
It's a different. It's a different cocktail. Everybody, we, we can't get the same, the same things injected all the time. So I don't know. I don't know. It could be horseshit, or it could be something to it. But either way, you know what I mean. Either way, the black dude from the Crossroads video, Bone Thugs, was coming for them, and he came. He he, he pulled up. So you know what I'm saying Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's up there too now. With bad knees. Man, I seen Hulk Hogan at the airport once in Tampa. And he was, the fact that he was walking was, I was like, somebody get this man a wheelchair. Because <laughs> he was hunched over. You know how, how they be drawing old people in cartoons, mm-hmm. over-exaggerated, like hunched over with the little cane? SpongeBob. That was him. Yeah. That was literally him. I was like, this man. Dang. And he tall, but because he's so hunched over, he's. Right, he's, he's hunched. Yeah, he's not like, as tall as he was. Well, I didn't yeah. know he was as tall as he was. He's tall. Like you could tell he was. He was a big. Like he's a big guy for yeah. sure. But he just felt small. And you know me, I'm I'm five two, and so I'm looking at him and I'm like, like I I, I can see that he's big. Yeah. But he doesn't feel that big. He's like six five, right? Yeah, he's he's when they when they told him to take off his uh belt, that's when he like, uh like stood up. Yeah. Straighter, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's... It's funny, I never noticed Hulk Hogan's height his whole career. I grew up watching Hulk Hogan, and, you know, and he's fighting Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, it was like, oh, this is the biggest human to ever exist in the history of human existence yeah. for me. And I'm looking at Hulk Hogan, oh, he's slinging him around. I never knew Hulk Hogan was out here with the robust height. I think I noticed it in Rocky Three. When I watched it years later, Hulk Hogan was in there slinging uh, Rocky around, and I was like, oh, Hulk Hogan is huge. He is a Hulk. Suburban commando, if you will. So uh, I was watching his reality show for a little bit when he, when he came. What was it, the Growing Up Hogan or the, the Hogan Family Values? What was the name of that reality show he had? Oh, yeah. Something about the Hogans. Hold on. Or keeping up. up with the Hogans. The Hogan Show. Hogan the Hogan and the Hogsters. Uh, Hogan knows best. Hogan knows best. I was watching that. I got caught up. Here's the thing about reality TV. It's it's garbage. But it will get you hooked immediately. <laughs> reality TV is so binge ready and yeah. it's so bingy. Like you will get caught up in a reality show fast. One false move. If you watch a complete episode and another episode of that show comes on right after, you will get caught up. Now, me and Sabrina just got caught up on uh, The Masked Singer. That's not technically reality TV because it's performance-based, but we binged an entire season <laughs> on the fly. We This was not the plan, y'all. At all. We was not playing. Oh, yeah, let's watch The Masked Singer we tonight watching- in its entirety. Watching and just came on, and we just like, all right. We stayed, and we was once we saw that first episode, it was like, well, I guess we're here now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all in. Now. We also we also been binging uh, Bar Rescue. That's, oh, bar that's reality. Rescue. Bar Rescue. Shout out to John Taffer. <laughs> bar Rescue is my shit. I wanna I wanna open a bar just so I can have John Taffer come in and rip us to shreds. So I wanna open a bar. Have it go to shit. Get it all dilapidated. Hire some some staff that ain't even staff worthy. Just so I can have Bar Rescue come in and rescue my bar, man. Just so I can get John Taffer in there. And I can interact with him and his blazer. He coming in there. What the hell is this? I want I want that energy. <laughs> I want him to rescue my my home. Just come in the house and be like, what are you doing? Why do you need this? Like, yeah, John. <laughs> he looks at midnight and says, idiots. <laughs> These idiots. He can be calling everybody You idiot. can't have the cats on the couch. <laughs> I want this in my life. John Taffer, if you're watching, rescue my home, man. Rescue the garage. <laughs> rescue garage rescue. <laughs> come through, man. Rip I, us to shreds. I think your favorite reality, I don't know if it's really considered reality, but I'm just I'm gonna be bold and say that one of your favorite reality stars is Ainsley Harriet. Oh man, it's funny. Like when I say reality TV, I don't, I, I some people not, don't qualify. 
Like, 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 if you got any type of cooking show or anything, even though it's real, I don't consider that reality TV. But it, but is. it is. But it is. And he be traveling. Eating. Yeah. It's not just a cooking show. It's a traveling cooking mm-hmm. show that you like. Usually connected to food, though. Yeah. He's usually in the food sphere. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Ainsley Harriet fan. If you don't know who he is, Google Ainsley Harriet. He had a show on Netflix called uh, Ainsley Eats the Streets, where he was going all around the world uh, eating different street foods. So he was hitting up the streets. And when I tell you I could not stop watching it, I was like, yo, this dude, he just made me feel good. He he was he's, he's my happy place. I was just like, and I was re-watching episodes I had already seen. I watched him make this one this one meal on the Iceland episode. He was in Iceland, first of all. He was in Iceland, and he made this little meal at the end. I watched him make that meal 17 times. It was just the way they shot it, the way he was talking. He got the British accent. He's a black. He looks like me, <laughs> just a little bit darker. <laughs> he does. And like, cause he got he has his own look. Like you know what I'm saying. His face is unique. His lip be hanging out at the bottom. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, this dude is me. That's probably why I like him. He's probably he's like the bubblier version. Like you're you're bubbly to an extent, but yeah. he's like. He's a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> He's beyond bubbly. Yeah, He's, super bubbly. Man. It, Comfortable it, in his own skin. Oh, he don't care. Yeah. He, he's, he doesn't, he gives you cringy dad vibes, but you actually like him. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't kill me. He be dancing, singing. He, <laughs> he don't he care. He be dancing and singing all the time. Ainsley Harriet. Look him up, man. Yes. His facial expressions are mad funny. Um, I love the guy. We've been trying to get him to notice Tony on Instagram. Yeah. He responded to something I posted one time, and I was like, I'm good now. The oh, only he did? Th- yeah, it was something. I forget. I, I don't either notice. I mentioned him or something, but he he liked it or he did something. He responded uh, to it. He acknowledged the existence of something. And I was like, all right, that's another check. So all I got <laughs> left is for Nas to follow me and shout at at, Shade doesn't have once once those two are complete I'm out of here yeah, I'm done it. I'm out of here I feel like Nas is close I feel like it's only a matter of time because Hit Boy is super responsive anytime I mention them Hit Boy be like yeah yeah, yeah and we following each other mm. so that's one step closer than Nas mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's only a matter of time. If I can get these rappers to repost my stuff and then Nas will be like, ah, this is funny right here. Follow. We got to do a skit for Nas. Complete. Because <laughs> Common, Common knows me. Oh. You know. Andre, I'm going to just say Andre 3000 knows me through Big Boy. I'm going to just put that in the air. Andre has seen me somewhere. And then uh, Black Thought, you know, knows me. So it's just like I'm knocking out the top five. Jay-Z, I'm not really looking for like that. But if he does, cool. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Tony be forgetting he famous sometimes, and I like it. Yeah, it's just. It's it's so funny because I've been on, I've been on the Oculus a lot lately, and I've been in, like, uh, Horizon, no, in venues, um, which is like you could watch a whole bunch. Of sh- I've been in the the Two Chains concert a lot, mm-hmm. and um, somebody recognized my name. They're like, "Are you you Sabrina Sith? Like the Tony Baker Sabrina Sith?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's me." And then after that, somebody's like, uh, "Who's Tony Baker? Is that's your boyfriend? He famous?" And I never know how to answer that because yeah. you're so just you're my guy. Like, right. <laughs> and then like you don't give. You don't give off famous energy. I've been mm. around famous energy, and you'd be like, "Oh, you, y'all know, you know, you're famous," but you're just like, "I'd be like, yeah, I guess so." Well, I'm gonna look him up, and they'll look, go to your Instagram, and I'm uh. like, two million. You telling me he's not famous?" I was like, "Oh, good okay, <laughs> guess. I don't know. I don't really be knowing." Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, uh, <laughs> I'd be bullying people to buy tickets to your shows now. Man, that and it's been working though. <laughs> pull up, thank you, man. Pull up to the shows, and I come to your city. That's when I will feel I will feel famous when my shows sell out in a couple hours. Yes. 
that's when I will feel like, oh, oh, this is, this is real then. Yeah. I, I will feel like, okay, all right. But now, I I got to hustle for those sellouts. So, um, and then you get I, yelled at for promoting. Man, <laughs> it's like I don't really, you know what? I don't really get yelled at for promoting. I think I think it's really just me getting tired of my own promotion. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just mindful of. I know I'm getting on everybody's nerves, but really, people don't say they don't say, "Man, you post too much." They don't really say that. So it's really me okay. more so in my own head getting on my own nerves about promo. Cause I'm like, sorry, y'all. I gotta, I gotta throw this flyer in. I know y'all are having fun, but because I know some people don't give a shit about seeing me live. But that's when I'll feel famous. It would be yeah. like, I'll be in Chicago, and then it sells out in an hour. Five shows sold out. That's when I'll be like, man, okay, this, this it's official now. But right now, nah, man, I gotta worry for these these joints. With that being said, get your tickets early from when I come to East City. You know what I'm saying? Get your tickets early, y'all. Get them early. Um, Andrew Garfield is a Globin, a Golden Globe. Oh, all right, Globin? My, my bad. Is he hemoglobin? Or is He's he... a, glo- a hemoglobin <laughs> globe winner. <laughs> I'm going to go take Garfield a nap. <laughs> is a hemoglobin winner. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap, y'all. The third annual Globin Awards. <laughs> see y'all later. And the nominees are... Andrew Garfield, who did battle with the Green Globin and uh, <laughs> Spider Man, No Way Home. Not the uh, Green Globin. The Green Globin. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we got to timestamp this. Okay, yeah. The Globins. Um, Aww. He won a Golden Globe for a Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick Boom, movie I never heard of. Yeah. Um, who also won a Golden Globe, Will Smith for King Richard. Yes, sir. Yes, much deserved. Uh, I think this might be Will Smith's first Golden Globe. I'm not sure if he got one for The Pursuit of Happiness or Ali, but this might be his first Golden Globe win. Um, He did a phenomenal job in King Richard. King Richard is probably... It's probably... I think think Spider-Man No Way Home is my favorite film of 2021. King Richard is number two. Um, I think those are the best two films of the year, in my opinion. Um, King Richard was excellent. Uh, It really felt good. The emotional beats were there. And his performance, like I forgot it was Will Smith. So really enjoyed that thing. I really believed him in the role. And that's what it's all about, man. Believability. Not every actor can transform into somebody else completely, but an actor's job is that you believe them in the role. You believe their intentions, you believe their emotions, you believe their feelings. And that's what matters, man. I'm going to tell you right now, if I get acting roles, I'm not I'm not going to transform into some I'm not going to be unrecognizable in a film. But if I can make you believe what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, what's happening, my words, my intentions. If you can feel that, then I've done my job as an actor. Here are all the winners. Um, oh, we got the winners here. MJ Rodriguez also won a Golden Globe for Pose, which is one of my favorite shows. And she is one of the first trans women to ever win. The oh, Golden wow. Globe. One of the first or the first? The first, the first. My bad. Oh, the She's first. The yeah. first. Um, and she's a listen. If y'all never seen Pose, I be pushing for Pose. Um, if y'all never seen Pose, it's on Netflix. Watch Pose, cause she kills it. Like she's amazing. They're all amazing. I feel like Pose is just it's one of probably one of the best shows out. Um, I've seen the first two seasons twice, back to back, and I started it again the other day. I started it on uh, New Year's Eve. That's how good that show is. So happen to pose um even if you think it's not going to be your thing in the first five minutes let it rock because the first five minutes is them showing you uh, a little bit of ball culture and vogue and like stuff like that but then it gets to like the good stuff the drama the juiciness so yeah oh what's that face okay so i'm gonna run through the list of winners and stuff like that for the golden globe so the best drama motion picture is this movie called the power of the dog it has uh benedict cumberbatch in it 
And I've never heard of this movie, but it was it was winning a lot. So it got Best Drama Motion Picture. Never heard of it. The other nominees were Dune, Belfast, King Richard, and Coda. Uh, I can vouch for King Richard and say that that movie was dope. And Dune was actually good. It was enjoyable to me. The visuals were great. So I'm going to have to check out this Power of the Dog. It looks like, looks like it's set in a Western-type vibe. Um, musical or comedy... West Side Story took uh, Best Musical or Comedy Motion Picture. The other nominees were Don't Look Up, Tick, Tick, Boom, Licorice Pizza, and Cyrano. Now, uh, Will Smith won an award, Succession. Succession? Succession. Succession. Got Best Drama TV Series. Never seen it. Um, But what was also nominated was Lupin, The Morning Show, Pose, Squid Game, Lost to Succession. Uh, Squid Game was the talk of the town. Uh, Dune sucked. That's a bit of a stretch. Um, actress Nicole Kidman won for being in Being the Ricardos. So she won for playing Lucille Ball. Um, Lady Gaga was nominated for House of Gucci. She did a great job in that. Um, Rachel Zegler wins for West Side Story. That last name, is she Latina? Rachel Zegler. Uh, she won for West Side Story. Cody Smith McPhee won for Power of the Doll. That's another win for that movie. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. MJ Rodriguez for Pose. Um, Billie Eilish got a Golden Globe for Original Song for Phineas. The director, Jane Champion of The Power of the Dog, won. And this movie cleaning up. Uh, original score for Dune won. Hans Zimmer. Belfast got screenplay. But here's Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Uh, Encanto? Encanto? Yeah, Encanto. Encanto won Best Animated Feature Film. Um, The Underground Railroad won for miniseries or TV film. I was slaveried out, so I didn't even tap into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did watch The Mayor of Easttown with uh, Kate Winslet. On HBO, I enjoyed that. Uh, Jeremy Strong won for Succession. Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso. I keep hearing a lot about that show. Yeah. Kate Winslet won for Mayor of Easttown, uh, as she should. It was dope. She she's always good. She's Kate Winslet is a good ass actress. Let me just throw that in there. The old man. This is what made me light up. The old man from Squid Game got a Golden Globe. Oh, <laughs> his name is Oh Young Soo. Uh, he won a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor in a Series for Squid Game. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, Gene Smart won for Hacks. She should have got a double, actually. She should have got a nomination for Mayor of Easttown, too. She was dope in that. Best Supporting Actress, Sarah Snook for Secession. Uh, Musical or Comedy, Hacks wins that. Michael Keaton got a Golden Globe for Dope Sick. Um, so those are the winners of the Golden Globe, the, the Golden, the Globin Gloves. Shut up. Um, yeah, man. Um, I love Michael Keaton. He's my favorite actor for many, many years. Uh, starting with Johnny Dangerously. Then when he was, he was a uh, Beetlejuice when he was cast as Batman. I was like, okay. But I was super excited because, you know, I love Michael Keaton. So still to this day. Big fan of Michael Keaton. Um, Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously, The Dream Team, Clean and Sober, Beetlejuice, Batman, Multiplicity. You know, Michael Keaton is dope, man. Um, if you haven't seen Johnny Dangerously, go back and watch that film, man. It's funny. It's a gem. It didn't do well at the box office. But you know who cares about the box office sometimes? Some of your favorite movies made pennies at the box office. I like it like that. Made like a million dollars. I love this movie. Big Trouble in Little China was a huge flop. One of my favorite movies of all time, man. Don't get caught up in the box office, man. Just enjoy your little picture. Just enjoy your little movie, your little life. Can I also say, Mm. uh, don't worry about other people's reviews too much because... 
I feel like somebody could hate something and I, I'll love it. Yeah. Or the opposite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when people be like, oh, I read the reviews and I'm not going to watch it. It's just like, but yeah. if you had any interest before you saw the reviews, mm-hmm. if you had enough interest to read the reviews, right? you might as well watch it. Yeah. And form your own opinion. Everyone should form their own. That's moral of the story. Form yeah. your own opinion. And watch the reviews too because I do movie yeah. reviews. Watch definitely, my reviews. Definitely watch the reviews and then see if it matches with how you feel. Because I like I like watching reviews to movies that I I've seen and being like yeah oh I didn't even oh yeah. you know what especially mm-hmm. yours because you get into like good detail of like I the movie yeah, yeah like you're good at Tony Baker makes uh, good movie reviews so y'all should watch it I'm gonna do a review um, review I, your reviews have I even watched anything recently ever uh, since uh, no just the Mass Singer. <laughs> The who? The mass singer. The mass singer, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't really watched Hawkeye. Oh, oh, Hawkeye as a series. Yeah, I'm gonna do it right here, right now. Okay. Uh, Hawkeye was cute. It was very, to me, in my opinion, it was the very most kid-friendly Marvel outing. So far, it felt like a five-year-old could watch this and enjoy it. The action felt soft and light. Uh, the little it it felt very action comedy heavy on that side. Um, I did like some name Haley. Oh, Haley. Haley Stanfield. Yeah. I liked her in this. Like she was a very. Uh, Within the, within the tone of the show, she fit the tone extremely well. She was a very like uh, she had a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't playing it too cool for school. She wasn't one note. Like you know, she could handle herself in a fight, and she had great aim. But she was also very like she could get excited, or like you know, she would yeah, show. Yeah. She showed that youth. She showed the youth. It was like, I believe that she was yeah. young. I believe that she was uncertain. She was confident, but yet still had some insecurities about herself. She was still excited and like, you know, and I, I just thought that was a dope character that she she created. She was wide-eyed and like optimistic and at the same time, she could convey the emotion. So I was like, yo, she's doing a really good job in this. She wasn't one yeah. note at all. Uh-uh. Like an uh, old girl who I wanted to like more, but she was kind of more one note. Was the girl, um, the deaf girl? Oh yeah, she. She was always mad. She, she was always like, <laughs> pointed that out. I was like, why every scene? Yeah, she just got the same f- sour face. She had the sour face. It was just like, all right, give her, give her some more beats. Yeah, you know. Um, and I feel like she could, she could probably get more beats later on, no matter you know where they take this. But yeah, I was just kind of disappointed. I wanted to like that character a little bit more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like they didn't really get they didn't really hone in on the echo part of her, like her being able to see and mimic. They're doing a show. Oh, that she's gonna get okay, yeah. okay, because they didn't really convey that. No, they didn't. In but series. Echo has been, as, as far as I know, it's yeah. on the slate for the next Marvel movies that are coming out. Okay, There's a show. is she getting a movie or a show? I think it's a show. I don't a think, show. Okay. I don't know if a movie would hold up. It yeah. seems like I don't know who said this, but the the shows Disney Plus seems to be like the uh, the entry for them into the movies. It's yeah, like where you try your because like uh, with Falcon becoming Captain America. Yeah, they tried it out in the show, mm-hmm. and then now it's greenlit for Captain yeah, America. Yeah, because it worked. It was like, all right, we want to see more of this. That's good. That's true. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, Hawkeye was cute. I'll give it that. I'll give it about. Three to three and a half saxophones out of five, you know, um, easy to follow, easy to understand. It didn't confuse me like Loki did. Loki had me big confused. Um, and I, I'll say this: to me, out of the Disney Plus Marvel joints, WandaVision is probably my favorite of the of the releases because even though. The little the little TV sitcom theme got on my nerves for those first few episodes. The way they made that make sense and blended it all together, and once you find out what this meant and what that meant, it was kind of dope to just go in and do the extra research and find out 
what these things meant and what the purpose of it all was. And I was like, oh, it was kind of rewarding. And it was like satisfying. Like, oh, that's why she, oh, okay. It was a lot of that. And so the final episode, I was, was a little bit of a letdown on the confrontations, but ultimately the story building, the character development, uh, where they were taking it, the, the new characters they introduced, I'm going to have to give it to WandaVision. The villain was dope, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, I might get the edge to WandaVision so far. Um, I still think probably my favorite Marvel series, including the Disney Plus and including the Netflix Marvel joints, was probably Daredevil. One of the, one of the seasons of Daredevil. Huh? He's back now because he was in Spider-Man. Yeah, they threw him up in there. So Daredevil might be my favorite Marvel series as a whole right now because Jessica Jones started out good in that first season, but then the second season I didn't even finish. Iron Fist I didn't like from the jump. Uh, Luke Cage started out really good. Uh, the second season had its moments too. I enjoyed Luke Cage overall. I just had some complaints here and there, but Alfred Woodard was good as a villain in the second season. Um What's my man, the Oscar winner? Uh, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. They got rid of him too quick, but yeah. he was killing it in the first half of the first season. And the, the guy that they had as the villain in the second season, he killed it as well. He was dope. I can't think of his name right now, but he was good. Uh, the Punisher was dope. The Punisher was good. I really enjoyed The Punisher. You could tell they were stretching things a little bit too thin with The Punisher. Um, but ultimately, I like John Bernthal as Frank Castle, um, and I just enjoyed that series. I didn't even watch The Defenders, um, but Daredevil remained Daredevil remained good throughout, and the fight scenes were dope. That's another that's another thing. I didn't like the fight choreography in Hawkeye. I didn't really, I didn't really feel. You know, the fights like that. Cool, cool boy and arrow shots and stuff like that. But the fight choreography, I really, ah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, that's what I thought of Hawkeye. You know what I mean? And, and Jessica Jones has one of the best villains I've seen in the Marvel uh, series or film was that um, Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Was one of the is one of the dopest villains in the MCU so far, in my opinion. Yeah, the Jamaican guy in Luke Cage, he was dope. He was dope. So yeah, y'all, you know what I'm saying a little review right here on Verbal Cardio. Now, KFC, we're going on the food now because you know food is gonna happen at, at some point in time in this podcast. <laughs> KFC has a Beyond Chicken Nugget. Yeah, is that what they have? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, and their fries are also vegan. I'm going to say this about uh, Beyond Meat. It tastes good. It does. I like it. That's my favorite. Beyond Meat makes some good food. Now, the reason I don't I don't indulge in it a lot is because of the stats. Like, you know, it's high in fat, and the, the sodium might be a little bit too high, but Taste-wise, the only reason I don't have it all the time is because, you know, I'm not trying to be a complete, you know, sack of potatoes out here. Right. Uh, but their food is good. Like, if you if you really want to transition into, you know, plant-based, and but you still want to have that junk food, meaty, you know, you want to live your life on that side of it, on the taste front, Beyond Meat is the way to go. Yeah. I think you'll be satisfied with what you're eating. Um, and then you'll be like, all right, I ain't really missing nothing. And uh, so I've heard good things about the, the nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, I put it out there. I asked uh, people. I was like, since I'm never going to eat it, uh, what y'all think about it? You're not going to eat it? No. Nah. I'm, I'm trying to do better. Okay. It, it has nothing to do with anything but just trying to do. Because I like, 
I don't want it to be good and then I want it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I know what that. I mean? I don't want... I'm trying to avoid things. I, it's hard enough for me to avoid the things that I already know what they taste like. Yeah. And I love. I don't want to know what this tastes like and then I love it. And yeah. then I'm like... And just one I day, like... get some more of this. Like, I don't want to pass by like, yeah, might as well. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want... I'm just going to avoid it altogether. Because it's like, you, you try crack, you become addicted to crack, so... Yeah. I'm going to just avoid it altogether. Because I really loved... The original recipe. Oh, if they if they have this if they have these nuggets in the original recipe, I'm trying. It. Yeah, I gotta see if they nailed the original recipe because I was always a fan of original recipe chicken at KFC. Like it's something about their seasoning that I really liked. So good at KFC. I was like, yo, this original recipe. I didn't get into the uh, the crispy. Crispy was whatever, but the original recipe. Man, listen, I was all in. I was a big fan of the Chicken Littles, too, at KFC. Chicken oh. Littles. And I like KFC biscuits. They super dry, and they'll get hard on you fast. And if you don't have water, you're done. If you don't have a beverage, you're out of here. But growing up, I like the KFC biscuits. I don't like the, the KFC biscuits as much as I used to as a kid. And Popeye's is killing KFC biscuits. But, and I'm going to tell y'all this, man. Y'all are sleeping on Church's Chicken Biscuits. If you don't have a Church's Chicken near you, okay. But if you got a Church's Chicken anywhere in your vicinity and, you, if you, and you've never tried the biscuits, try those Church's Biscuits. They put the little honey on the top. Ah. Oh, somebody, uh, Tanya R. wants details on the shirt. So this is from I Rock Shirts. They sent it to me. They mailed it, they mailed it to me. Um, it's got some coordinates on here. I wanted to I wanted to put in the coordinates. Oh yeah, we could do that. To see hold on, hold to on. see what, what area this is exactly. Hold on. Put the coordinates in. Do I put this in, in the regular map or do I have to Google it first? I don't know. Let me put it in the regular map and see what happens. I we're gonna see what this location numbers, is. I what if it's somebody's house and they're like, hey? Yo, what if it's hey, if this is the house I grew up in? Right, that'd be hilarious. Damn, it's hard to get that one, the the little degree the joint. Degree? Yeah. Alright, bro. We're gonna get it though. North. Alright. Regular maps. Yeah, this is, this is straight coordinates right here. Let me Google it. You still need it? You got it? 418818. Tabitha Brown is on Uber Eats now? Oh, snap. The game has changed. We love Tab. Oh, I found the degree, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah, I'm doing things now. Look at me. All right, we're about to find out where this shirt. Watch me soar, y'all. What the location is exactly on this shirt I'm rocking. Six. For those of y'all that are just listening, I got on a Chicago shirt, right? And it has uh, directional coordinates on it. Oh. It takes you to... And it apparently this shirt... Millennium Park. Oh, it takes you to Millennium Park in Chicago. It's like right here, look. Millennium Park has the, the, the bean. The bean. The bean is out there. Okay. So it takes you to a Millennial Park. If you ever go to Chicago, hang out downtown, go to Millennium Park, hang out downtown, hit the bridges up, hit Navy Pier up. Chicago's downtown is is one of the best in the country. Wait, it, so you mean to tell me that the bean isn't a bean, but it's a cloud? It's a cloud? Is that what it's supposed it's to be? It's called Cloud Gate. We call it the beam. Uh, everybody calls everybody it the beam. Yeah. I think it's called the beam on the map. <laughs> it says cloud gate here. When we went to the beam, it was yeah, freezing. Yeah, it was freezing. Me, you, and Josh. Yeah. Shout out to Josh. He he He's too good for us, but we still love him. Josh be riding, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you... You say downtown would be the only area you visit in Slorita. Slorita. Don't believe everything you hear on the media about Chicago, man. Slorita's not leaving his house. His block. Slorita's not leaving New York, the first block. of all. 
New York City, by the way. You you're not even you're not even going upstate. Right. Um <laughs> Don't believe everything you hear about Chicago, man. You know what I'm saying? Chicago is a great city. It's the jewel, it's the crown jewel of the Midwest. Get your Chicago on, man. Yeah, it's some rough parts. But what city don't have rough parts? Every big city got rough parts, man. Get in on it. Get in on it, y'all. So since since Tabitha Brown has Uber Eats now, get that salad you've been talking about delivered. Wait, Kale, my name is on Uber Eats? I, I thought that's what yeah, they meant. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be too far. We're too far. Oh. They don't. I wish. <laughs> I, nah. They don't it's going to be $4,500. So when, when it first came out, Uber Eats was like that. But yeah. now they have like a distance like cut off. Oh, okay. What the hell's the point? I can respect it. Um, you say too many snitches. <laughs> too many snitches upstate. Yeah, you don't gotta go upstate. Cool. <laughs> upstate New York, y'all. Anyway, y'all. Um, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Verbal Cardio. Did I forget something? Oh, we just have a couple questions. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I wrote questions on that. I oh, my bad, it. my bad. Hold on. <laughs> um, but no, I just wrote the word questions because oh, I was like, okay. I don't want, I don't want. To well, let's get it. Let's Let me tell you, the, the Patreon. Out. I'm gonna make sure y'all taken care of. I won't get to all your questions, but I'm gonna get to some of them. Yeah, let's do this, man. Jennifer Brown asks, "Do you and Sinbad know each other?" Sinbad. One day, uh, Sabrina was live with Sinbad on IG, and she uh, like, "Yeah, my boyfriend's a comedian. You know what I'm saying? He loves you." And then she put me on the live with him. I still have that. Saved in my phone. Um, <laughs> that was a dope. He made moment. it seem like he was familiar with me, but it felt like he wasn't familiar with me. So yeah. I, I couldn't read it. I couldn't gauge it. Uh, I met him in person when I shot for the Rail show. You know, Rail had that show on Fox, and Sinbad was a regular on the show. So I officially met him there. Uh, and this is before we did the live. Yeah. And But I don't think he remembered me. From then, so I was just like, all right, you know, what I'm saying, not, I'm not offended. I, I don't get emotional like that, but I was just like, man, yeah, you know. So that's my Sinbad relationship, but he's definitely one of the inspirations for me as a stand-up comedian. And I was super excited to meet him and work with him. Even I don't care if you don't remember, I don't care. Oh yeah, he's one of those people you can forget me all you I want. I don't care. You I know? don't care. Yeah, yeah. you still great. That doesn't diminish. What are. he's provided for me, so and know. his energy was right. Oh yeah, his energy was great. It was, it was. So it was like the very beginning of the lockdown, and mm -hmm. he was going live with people. So I was like, let me take my chance. Yeah. And when he accepted it, I was like, oh my god, my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and I ran to Tony. He's like, oh, and I screen recorded the whole thing. It was yeah. a good time. It was mad fun. It was mad cute because you were lit up. Oh yeah, man. Just I'm chopping not, it up. He's like, oh yeah, cool. brother. He said. Tony Barker or something. I forgot what yeah, he said, but I was know. like, oh, bless your heart, Sinbad. You fumbled the name, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's all good. There ain't nothing ain't nothing lost. Nah, he's still Sinbad. I hope he's doing well. Me uh, too. Health-wise, much love to him, his family, his friends, all that, man. Sinbad, yes. I love you passionately in the shower. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd scrub his back? Oh, hell yeah, man. Easy. Oh, I love Easy that. work. Easy work. That's beautiful. With my socks on, wet Aww. in the shower. You're That's a good the fan, man. Yeah, You're a good man. Fan. Well, I'll take wet socks for Sinbad. That's That's great. saying something. I love that. Yeah. Um, Terrence C. Oh, he was talking about the John Taffer. Would you be an owner in the back looking stressed or one of those chilling at the bar? Um, <laughs> If I was on Bar Rescue... I would be the owner in the back looking stressed because, you know, I don't want to be that lazy. I don't want to be the owner where John is looking at me in his surveillance mode. I'm like, look at this guy. He owns the bar. He, he doesn't want this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care. He already checked out. He's doing too much. Yeah. What the hell is he doing? Man? This would never fly in my establishment. I don't want to be that guy. I want, I want him to be looking at the surveillance video and be like, this guy really cares about what's going on. We got a superstar in that yeah, one. Yeah, we got it. You could tell he really cares. I like that. You know, when he be looking at his his partner in crime, he be looking he be looking at the video. He be like, I can work see this. You can you can tell this guy really yeah 
He really cares about what's going on. <laughs> we he still gotta watch. <laughs> we still gotta watch the Marshawn Lynch episode because those two in the surveillance camp car <laughs> was mad funny. Shout uh, out to John Taff. <laughs> if we could get John Taffer on the verbal cardio, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic, man. Uh, Nana PX, would you ever open a comedy club? I don't know, man. Uh, seems stressful. Um, there's a lot of stress in that. Uh, not only the comedian booking part of it is just the easy part. Uh, when you own a comedy club now, you got to get a liquor license, yep. food and beverage. You got to make sure you got you got to get your staff in order, your wait staff. Make sure the green room is in order. So you, you got to run the basics of the business. You got to worry about putting butts in the seats year round. You know, when I when I do my tour, I worry about a lot of weekends. So I'm like, all right, and that weekend is done. But I don't tour, you know, 12 months out of the year. So I, I have that downtime where I can be like, all right, I'm going to take a break. When you own a comedy club, ain't no breaks. Ain't no breaks. January through December, right. you got to have butts in the seats to keep the lights on, to keep to keep the cash registers flowing, all that. That's a lot. So, I, you know, I, hats off to Nate Jackson owning the comedy club. But, uh, man, I'll be like, whoo, the stress of it all. And, you know, booking the comedians, some comedians are difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, um, some comedians be doing too much. You got to deal with that. And I'm not good at dealing with stuff like that. Like, if you if you come in with the wrong energy, doing too much, I don't care who you are. I won't have you back. I'll be like, man, fuck that, man. Nah, man, they was doing too much. Nope, I can't do it. And, I, you know, it's hard for me not, it's hard for me to overlook bullshit. Like, if you come in with the bullshit behavior, bullshit attitude, I'll be like, I don't need you back here. So, um I don't I don't think I don't think I would want to own my own comedy club. That's or a lot. That could be what you open and have John Taffer fix and then close it right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. I'll sell it soon. Man, thank you, John. Man, I'm selling this shit, man. <laughs> so I'll just book my little comedy nights at a comedy club somebody else already owns. I'll do that. Tony Baker and Friends. At Flappers or wherever. I'll just do that. <laughs> Deal with that stress. Uh, Vel GG asked, who is your favorite mass singer? Again, we only watched the first season. but We only watched the first singer. My favorite mass singer is T-Pain. T-Pain, man. He Easy killed work. it. Easy work. T-Pain. Because <laughs> here, here's why T-Pain is my favorite mass singer. Nobody saw this coming. There's no way any of you would have ever predicted this. If you if you say it, you're lying. Don't even try it. Nobody saw T-Pain coming. The judges didn't. The panel didn't. Nick Cannon said he thought he knew, but I think that was more based on personality yeah. than the actual performances and what was going on. Yep. Um, it was just... It was, it was Sixth Sense level plot twists. It was the usual suspects. It was seven... It, all the best plot twist movies, Psycho, this was T-Pain on The Masked Singer. Nobody expected this right here. So it was just perfectly done, perfectly played. And I was like, yo, it's going to be hard to top this. Margaret Cho, Cho was another good surprise. Like, oh, snap. But, but she wasn't killing the performances like T-Pain. T-Pain was killing the performances, and we were super shocked and surprised at the end. And then when you rewatch it and you know how he talks, mm -hmm. you be like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. T Pain." But that 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 right there was beautiful TV, man. Beautiful TV. It was so good. And then the costume oh, was just—it was so good for him. Like, yeah, the just, monster costume. It just felt as silly as he, because T Pain's silly, man. He's, right. He's funny. He's a good time. Yeah. I actually really enjoy watching him on Twitch. Uh, Cause he's just fun. T Pain's great. Man. He's got a great personality. Yeah, he's funny. I like the way he talk. He be he be drinking a little too much. I'd be concerned because he be drunk. Oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> other than that, just his personality, the way he talks, his energy. He's not too cool for school. I love that. Yeah. Shout out to T Pain. I feel but, like yeah. he be getting drunk quick too. Cause when I watch them, <laughs> he takes a sip and it becomes this Jekyll and Hyde. Out of like, here, you man. Just took a sip, bro. Big hammered. <laughs> 
Big Hammer. That needs to be the name of his next album. Big Hammer. <laughs> Big Hammer. Because he'd be out here hammered. Okay, so for the last question. Okay. Um, uh, Shauna? Is it Shauna? Or Sh- no, it's Shauna. I'm going to go with Shauna. Shauna Davis asks, if you could hang out with Michael Keaton or Tom Hanks for an hour, who would you pick? I'm hanging out with Michael Keaton um, because, like I said, man, Michael Keaton... I was drawn to him at an earlier age than Tom. Like, Tom Hanks, it took me a while to get on board, board with Tom Hanks. Like, you know, growing up as a kid. Because I remember, I remember, you know, when I would have my little favorite, I would have my favoritism and my biases when it came to, like, movies and actors. So when when Tom Hanks came out with Big... I didn't know if I really wanted to see Big when it came out. When it was in theaters, and it was in theaters for a long time because it made a lot of money, but it made the money slowly. So it was in theaters for mad long, so I never saw it in theaters. And, like, I remember Bosom Buddies and stuff like that. And I think I had saw, I didn't see The Burbs until later either. I didn't see that in theaters because Tom Hanks wasn't a a draw to me growing up. Like, I feel like I really got into Tom Hanks with the combination of the Burbs and Big. And then I like Turner and Hooch more than I thought I would. And Splash, Splash, I really wasn't into like that. And the Money Pit, I didn't really see. But Michael Keaton, though, Michael Keaton, I'm telling you, Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously, I was just like, yo, man. Who is this guy right here? I like this guy. I thought he was just mad cool, like the way he walked, the way his eyebrows were shaped. I was just like, man, this dude is just the coolest to me. Like, it was something very cool about Michael Keaton. And then I remember that that movie I watched with him, The Squeeze, with him and Ray Don Chong that nobody saw. Um, the Dream Team, everything he was in, I wanted it to do well. Gung-ho. I was just like, yo, I really like this guy, man. This is the guy. And Johnny Johnny Dangerously was just like a movie that I was in love with. And then when Beetlejuice came out, I didn't get a chance to catch it in theaters, but I was like, yo, I want to see Beetlejuice because Michael Keaton is in it. Can we go? They never took me. Man, I was so glad when I got to an age where I could take myself to the movies. I was no longer at the mercy of who could take me. Like, once my mom gave me the green light to catch the bus downtown to go to the theater myself, it was a wrap. I was watching every goddamn thing. I remember me and my boy Michael Davis went and saw Batman in theaters. We was hanging out at his house in Hyde Park, went to Hyde Park Theater and watched uh, Batman. And Michael Keaton was my guy. Tom Hanks didn't become my guy until Forrest Gump, it was official. By the time he did... Philadelphia and Forrest Gump back to back. I was like, all right, Tom Hanks is my guy. Because I remember when Turner and Hooch came out, I thought it was just a a rehashed canine. Because I preferred canine with Jim Belushi. And I was like, man, Turner and Hooch, man, how many, how many cop dog movies they gonna make? I was pissed. I was like, we already had canine. Why we got Turner and Hooch? And then when I watched Turning Hooch, I was like, oh, this shit's good, too. <laughs> so I like K-9, but then I also like Turning Hooch. But Turning Hooch, man, it was sadder than K-9. We ain't going to get into that, but okay, Turning Hooch had the emotion. One. So Michael Keaton. I'm, I I agree with you. Michael Keaton seems like a good time, too. Yeah. Uh, no offense. And to, to find out he used to do stand-up? Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Because he's written, his name is written on... It's uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. At the comedy <laughs> store. Uh, I just opened up Twitter. And uh, Call of Duty has officially announced the Attack on Titan crossover with the Levi Edition bundle. The only thing Call of Duty needs to announce right now <laughs> is fixing the raggedy is that they got their shit together call of duty need to worry about less on these little fancinesses right. and focus on having your shit together so we can play the games we want to play without technical difficulties activision call of duty you ruin you ruin a lot of my little christmas holiday break finally you know i had to make myself like cold war yes to where I, now i'm having fun again 
Nah, I can't wait to play. I want to go home and play it right now because I'm, I'm having fun. I kind of want to do it too. I was thinking about that. I want to play early because y'all play too late. I want to be in bed. <laughs> Tony looking at me I'll like that. I'll be taking, when Sabrina say, man, I, I, I'm getting on, I'll take it with a grain of salt. How about I, if, watch, I'm going to get to the house, I'm going to hop on. Oh. And you're going to be like, oh, you ready. Okay. Wait, do you want, all right, I was about to ask you what you want for dinner. Because I got to make dinner. Before. See, I have to make dinner before I play. Because if I play first, I'm probably not going to It's the black dinner. hole. Yeah. It's the black hole. Yeah. And I need a feed. Uh, I got to get back on Twitch, y'all. And I got to get the movie nights cracking again. Yeah. They are returning. Um, Sincere been having the time of his life on his video games. Upstairs in his room. Love that. Um, yes. Anyway, y'all. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Shout out to my patron saints for pulling up week after week. I super appreciate y'all. Um, if you're watching this podcast, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, if you're watching or listening, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, I will be at the P- Pittsburgh Improv January 20th through the 22nd. Five shows, pull up. Tickets are on sale now. Um, if you're in Pittsburgh, Nashville, Miami, Tacoma, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, Richmond, Virginia, Houston, Texas, San Jose, California. Uh Raleigh, North Carolina. Um If you are in any of these areas, get your tickets early, y'all. Uh, get your tickets early. You know what I'm saying? Oxnard, California. Houston, Baltimore. Ontario, California. Baltimore, Maryland. Louisville, Kentucky. Get your tickets early. Uh, I'm actually surprised at how well Ontario, California is selling. Ontario is moving the tickets. I'm surprised by that. Oxnard is not. Louisville, Kentucky is not. Indianapolis is not. And Baltimore, Maryland is surprisingly disappointing. Oh, OKC. OKC, I'm coming there as well. But Baltimore, people in Baltimore say everybody does everything last minute in Baltimore. My only thing with Baltimore is it's a big venue. So I need y'all to pull up in Baltimore. And plus, I love the energy in Baltimore. I love performing in Baltimore because the crowds bring that energy. Anyway. Tickets are available now in all those cities. Get your tickets early. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, please spread the word. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tony Baker Comedy. Like, share, comment, do all of that, man. Love y'all passionately. And uh, we out.